my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today's episode, pandemic may have fattened some of your bills and I need you to pay attention. I'll tell you how. Also, have you been receiving fraud alerts on your phone? I have a special warning for you later in the show. So right now, we're going to talk about subscription-itis. There's got to be a better term for it. But subscription-itis is something that has infected so many of us. And there is a cure. Like many itises, there's not a cure. But there is one to subscription-itis. It's where you sign up for a trial, free trial offer. You sign up for a subscription to something. And life gets busy. You're not using whatever it is. You're not getting good use out of it. But more often, you're not using it at all. And that's money just going out the window. There have been anecdotal reports that the number of subscriptions people have to various things went way up through the pandemic year. And people are subscribed to a lot of things that aren't relevant in their lives. Could be any of a number of things. Could be to businesses, could be to video streaming, music services, uh, health clubs, whatever. And then there's the free trial thing. The free trial thing is a plague on people's wallets where you sign up for something that supposedly is a free trial. But do you know when a free trial is something I do not do? Anytime they have to have a form of payment for the free trial. Because then it's not a free trial at all to me. It's just a delay before you are their prisoner. And again, we forget. We don't discontinue something. We do a free trial. And then maybe we look at it once, use it twice, whatever. And then we forget about it. And then if we're not good at looking at our bills, We've got that bill going on, but a lot of free trials, when they're over, you're then obligated for a term, six months, 12, whatever, and you got money you're just throwing away. And I got a question for you. Do you have enough money that you can just take a wad of bills and throw them up in the air while you're walking and just be happy-go-lucky? I didn't think so. So... I've got an assignment for you. Number one, no free trial offers if they have to have a form of payment. Also be very wary of free trial offers that come through somebody you already do business with. Let's say you have a Roku. Do you know that when there's a free trial offer on Roku, that if you don't cancel before the free trial is up, Roku is going to help whoever it is automatically bill you. And so you're paying, not even realizing potentially, that you're paying for this add-on, that add-on, or the other. YouTube TV will pitch to you, hey, why don't you get this add-on or that add-on or the other? We'll give you a free trial period. Again, slips up on you. You're paying for it. And then a lot of crooks use free trial periods is a way to get into your life and eat up your wallet. 
But let's move away from those that are really ugly to the ones that are ugly because we do them to ourselves. It's when we sign up for a subscription to who knows what, Walmart Plus, Amazon Prime, a video streaming service, a video on demand service, music service. I mean, I could go on and on. I can't even think of all the ways that you have the beauty boxes coming monthly. Uh, You could be renting clothes now on a monthly subscription, whatever it is. Question is, can your wallet handle that? Are you making your finances wheeze from subscriptions that just get put into your life? See, I did that passive because actually you put them into your life. (laughs) And you even forget they're there, but your money keeps going out the door. Please. Here's your assignment, solid assignment. Once you sit down and if you do online access, look at your accounts online. See who's debiting you. See who's charging you. Are you using it? Are you watching it? Are you going to that fitness center? Whatever it is, if those are things you're not getting value out of, get rid of them. The funny thing is a lot of subscriptions you have, much easier to sign up for than they are to get out of. They may make you go in person. They may make you talk to a human where you signed up very easily online. Put up with the weight on hold. Get in your vehicle and go drive to wherever it is. A lot of fitness centers that you sign up online will only let you cancel in person. Get it done. Okay, Will in Alabama says, thanks for all that you and your team do to help folks. I've learned a lot and my family's in good financial spot, at least partially thanks to you. My question today is about franchising. Do you have any new information, advice, cautionary tales, et cetera, for someone thinking about buying a franchise these days? So, Will, my advice on franchises has been pretty much the same for decades. And that is you can never rely upon the assurances or the claims of the franchise selling organization. And I believe through and through my heart and soul and my head that when you're considering buying a franchise, either an existing location or an establishing one, go work as a grunt worker at whatever business it is. Not at one they know that you're considering buying a business. Go work as just a new hire off the street and do whatever they want you to do. If it's clean toilets, deliver, whatever. You will learn so much about how a business operates versus what you're told in a fancy video uh, presentation, brochure, or website. And the salespeople are all there to pitch why it's a can't-lose, automatic-win opportunity for you. Just hard work, and you're going to be just rolling in the money. Yeah, right. (laughs) You go work in a business, you'll see lots of things. If it does turn out that, hey, you know, this really is a good fit for me, you will have also learned a lot that will make you a better business owner, and you'll avoid a lot of costly mistakes when it's your money being spent running the business as to how long I'd like you to commit to. I want you to commit to six months. 
if it's not a good fit for you, you'll know typically in weeks and you'll give your notice and you won't have bought that franchise. But six months time gives you enough time to really learn the ropes, to learn what they don't want you to know. And you're in a position then to start a business with a much greater chance for success than you would have otherwise. Be careful that you're not going to violate any geographic restrictions with a fellow franchisee if you were to learn in their shop or their restaurant or their whatever and you're within a geographical zone where you might intend to open your own, that you working for them would be a conflict. And from Tom in California, currently advertised all over the place, these tiny desktop air conditioners claiming to keep a room cool sell for about $89. What is your opinion of them? I ordered one and found out that it was only a water cooler, not an air conditioner. Total ripoff. Yeah, Tom, I actually have bought two of them to try. Both failed. And then we did a review at Clark.com of one of these on YouTube. It's pretty funny because, well, it didn't work at all. If there is one of these little teeny portable under $100 air conditioners that actually really works, I've not seen it. I haven't heard of it. I haven't experienced it. And from Megan in Ohio, my credit union has always been federally insured, but was recently bought out by another credit union, which is insured up to $250,000 by a private corporation chartered by the state. Is this safe or should I consider changing to another credit union or bank? So I hate these state guarantee funds. They don't have the level of protection at all that you have from the FDIC for a bank, or NCUA for a credit union. So these state guarantees are just like the, uh, the ineffective guarantee organizations for life insurance that are state-organized. And so this is a level of risk that is unnecessary for you to take on in your life. I would bail to another credit union, or if you must to another bank. But I mean, credit unions generally are so much better in experience than being at a bank. Just go find another credit union that is NCUA insured. Straight ahead, I've got a warning for you about some scary text messages you may receive supposedly from your bank or credit union. It's something that many of us receive routinely. It's where we get a text message from credit card company, bank, credit union, cell phone carrier, whatever, and it's a fraud alert or a warning of a transaction or whatever. And these are so routine that we don't realize that a lot of fraudsters have invaded this space. And they're sending out fraud alerts saying, is this transaction valid? And or something of those lines, did you attempt to blah, blah, blah. And so people are so used to doing so, there will be a link or a phone number you click on to say, no, you know, if this is a valid charge, don't do anything, whatever. If it is not a valid charge, you need to click here or call here or whatever. Well, those are routine 
with many businesses. Unfortunately, it's now becoming a bigger and bigger problem with crooks pretending to be from a major bank or a major credit card operator or whoever. And when you click on the link or you call the number, you're connecting directly to the fraudsters. And then they're going to try to get account information from you so that the fraud is a prediction, not a reality at that moment. So you then cough up the information that allows the fraudster who sent the fake message to you in the first place to then steal your money for real. Now, there's an easy, easy workaround to protect yourself. Anytime you receive a text or an email warning of suspicious activity or fraud, potential fraud or whatever, do not, do not, do not, ever, not, ever click on a hyperlink in that text or that email. Do not give out any information to someone who calls you saying they are with a fraud department at a credit card company or any other business you do business with. If you answer the phone and it appears in caller ID, it's from so-and-so bank that you do business with or whatever, thank them for the information and tell them that you will go on their website and sign in and see if anything's going on. They say, why are you doing that? Instead of talking to me, you say, because, well, there have been all these reports that there are scamsters pretending to be the bank, and this is how I protect myself. And then if it's a crook, they're going to hang right up. But many times you'll go sign into your account on the app on your phone or their website on your phone or your laptop, or you'll call the real number you know that is the company you do business with. It'll turn out nothing of the sort is going on at all. And there's a very simple easy way for you to protect yourself from people who are mimicking real fraud alerts to steal real money from you. All right, Clark, this first question's from Bob in Illinois. A couple years back, Clark mentioned how he loved the Motorola G6 cell phone in both video and on an article. Shortly after that, I purchased one and agreed as a great phone for the money. Just last week, I noticed it not fitting into the protective cover I bought. After removing the cover, I was surprised to see that the case split open, showing apparent adhesive and sealant failure. I have also found online that I'm not the only one with this problem, using the Google search Moto G6 coming apart. Do you know if Motorola is fixing or covering this issue? No, and this is, a, a, as best I can tell, a known defect with the Moto G6 that the battery swells and that as a result you have a phone that starts to crack open people that are pretty technically adept can replace the battery buying one on ebay amazon walmart.com for about 20 bucks but i'm not capable of going through the procedure of putting in a new battery and i want to congratulate you on your thriftiness the Moto G6 was an incredibly inexpensive phone. It's a three-and-a-half-year-old phone probably at this point. And uh, phone at that age, the 
cell phone manufacturers are just like, who are you? What, what did you have? I mean, they're not going to do anything for you. The good news is that if you are forced to buy a new one, you can get a phone far more capable than the Moto G6 today for between 100 and 200 bucks. But if you don't want to spend that money and you think you're capable of doing so, look around and there are videos showing people how to replace the battery in a Moto G6. And if you feel capable of doing it, you can try it. What you're going to lose is the 20 bucks and some time. If you fail, then you are going to have to sadly replace the phone. And, and it's a shame that with a defect that is apparently pretty widely known, that Motorola would suffer reputational harm by not doing right by its customers. And Pierre in California wrote in and wanted, he wants to know about one of these um, credit plans with 0% interest that doctors allow you to, or can, you can sign up at a doctor's office to make payments. These are very common at doctors, dentists, ortho, um, orthodontists, orthodontia, yeah. um, plastic surgeons, you name it. And the way these plans work is the credit issuer is expecting that a huge percent of people will not get the loans paid off before the payment interest holiday is up. And in almost all cases, the interest is retroactive to the day of the original procedure and the borrowing of the money, most often at an interest rate of 25 to 36%. So this is very expensive money. What you've got here is you've got a lot of procedures for which insurance does not pay or pays minimal amounts. And you've got a, a doctor or dentist trying to get, uh, get traffic, you know, get customers, build revenue. And so it's painless for them, but it can be brutal for you if you don't have a real sense of certainty that you'll get the credit paid off by the end of the interest-free holiday. And the interest-free holiday will range typically from 6 to 24 months. And often when the interest-free period is longer, the doctor, dentist, orthodontist, whoever, plastic surgeon, is giving up more and more percent of the total revenue to whoever the credit provider is for buying more no, no, no time period, you know, no interest period. So this is pretty risky credit because, I'm telling you, you leave one penny left open when that period ends, you have a massive interest bill back to day zero. Dennis in Georgia says, I'm going to sell a camper through an online service and I would like to know the best way to handle the financial transaction without exposing myself too much to potential crooks. The selling price is going to be somewhere around $20,000. I want to congratulate you for thinking about this up front because when you buy or sell a car, a boat, or an RV at an online seller, the risk on either side of the transaction is huge fraudsters pretending to have possession of a vehicle they don't have, uh, buyers who are sending phony checks. Uh, there's, there's a 
a world of trouble. And it was funny, I went on one of the RV selling websites and looked at their section on fraud. And all they did was list all the different ways people get taken as buyers or sellers. They didn't offer any uh, strong suggestions how you would do a transaction through them as a buyer or seller and not get taken. I thought that was very interesting. The reality is there are very few safe ways. There's something as a seller that protects you, and that's if somebody pays you by wire to your financial institution. For a buyer, the safest way, and also very safe for the seller, is that you meet at the bank of the um, of the individual who is selling, who is buying, sorry, who is buying, and you're issued a real check for real money at that time at the bank. And that is the safest method that protects both sides. But this is something to be on your guard about. And Dennis, you'll find out, as many people selling boats, RVs, and vehicles have discovered in the past, there will be a lot of uh, phony buyers that will send really weird emails to you asking the first one, asking a lot of questions about the vehicle, and then saying, yes, I want it. Um, I'm going to arrange to send you money, blah, blah, blah. And whatever it is, is going to be a scam. So just know, and anybody who has sold an RV in the past, if you have a great suggestion of another way that you would recommend that someone handle the payment as buyer or seller, love it if you shared it. And I love that you've joined us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.